pipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound. The Big Rap Show Podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads, played by some of the top bands around the world, including our current champion of champions in Vararian District, and of course the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rap Show Podcast. Hello there, and welcome along to another Big Rap Show Podcast. How are you? It's been a very exciting week in the bagpiping world. Uh, yeah, we've got tons to talk about on this week's show. So welcome along. Yes, it's been absolutely freezing here in Northern Ireland this last while. We've had snow, ice, all sorts of craziness. Uh, but in the middle of it all, we've had all sorts of amazing piping action. So it's been great. Uh, loads to talk about. But first of all, let's get through the domestics. Welcome. We are the show for the piping folk. So if it's got bagpipes in it, around it, or near it at all, then we are the show for you. Yes, with each and every podcast, we bring new people to what we do. So hello to all of our brand new listeners. I'm very aware recently we had a large jump in numbers. I'm not sure where they all came from, but hello to all of our new listeners. <laughs> all right, welcome. And yes, please enjoy our back catalogue with well over 100 odd episodes now. So yes, tons of great piping stuff on there. Well worth checking out. Yes, looking forward to 2019. It's going to be an insane year, the amount of stuff we have planned for you, including all the extra stuff that we're going to be doing over on our Patreon. Yes, the Big Rab Show on Patreon. Yeah, we do have our Patreon supporters over there who've already clicked that support button and, yeah, deserve a shout-out. So each and every week we give our Patreon supporters a shout-out. So shout-out goes to Killian Smith, Andrew O'Sullivan, Andrew Shelliday, Brandon Moreno, Grant Rennie, Joe Brady, Josh McGeckern, Tim Hutchison, Akatabui Bagpipe Specialists, Source Bagpipes, Lone Star Piper, Harris Kilts, and Bradley Kenna. Thank you, everyone, for clicking that support button. And you guys have been enjoying all the extra stuff that we have on there. Now, things have kind of slowed down on our Patreon page this last couple of weeks because we have plans for what's about to happen. <laughs> yes, we've got big pa- plans for our Patreon page. That we did mention this quite a number of times already, but Big Rab Show Plus is coming to Patreon. So if you want to see what's going to that all entails, then yeah, get over onto our Patreon page and click that support button. Tons of extra stuff coming. Big event next weekend, of course, is the Kids with Cancer charity fundraiser in the Royal Hotel in Cookstown. And that neatly brings me into the first little bit of piping news. Yes, we were talking to Gary Smith. On the Big Rab Show on Fuse FM this past week. so And he also joined us on his birthday. So, happy birthday, Gary Smith. <laughs> it was brilliant. So, he was able to join us on Fuse FM and tell us all about this incredible event. Now, we were there last year. And, yes, at this massive charity event, everyone from around the piping world in the UK and abroad managed to help raise an incredible amount of money for the Kids Cancer Unit in the Royal Victoria Hospital in Belfast. In fact, they raised over £9,000, which was brilliant. But I tell you one thing, we want to double that. Treble it, you know what I mean? This year's event is going to be equally as popular. Uh, if anything, looking at the lineup and everything, I'm not going to sit and read through the list again. Hashtag Chandarant. <laughs> but yeah, the lineup itself for this event is absolutely incredible, including some possible highlights on there, being the St. Lawrence Atul mini band. These guys are going to be coming fresh from their Saturday band practice, jumping in the car and driving for two and a half hours all the way up to Northern Ireland to perform for us at this event. So cannot wait for that, the St. Lawrence Atul mini band. Uh, also on the cards, we have two of the biggest piping names, I would argue. We have uh, Terry Tully and Richard Parks. We're going to be on stage doing a quick performance and then doing like a 10 to 15 minutes Q&A session, question and answer. So that's open to you guys, by the way. We mentioned this on last week's podcast, where you guys have the opportunity to email us in your questions. And then, yeah, the full recording of the interview will be brought to you guys here on the Rab Show podcast. Because we will be there recording everything that we possibly can. Microphone in hand and catching everybody who's there as part of the lineup and the crowd and everything. Yeah, just go and check out our podcast from last year. We actually, we attended the event last year. We recorded a podcast at it. 
it was brilliant. The best crack. Met loads of people from the piping world and all for a good cause. Raised tons of money. It was great. So, please email in your questions for Richard Parks and Terry Tully, respectively. So, that's bigrabshow at gmail.com. Bigrabshow at gmail.com. Now, speaking of mail, we have some listener mail this week. But all of it is all talking about a topic that we may approach in a future show. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because I want to see how the land lies before we tackle this topic. A lot of people are really angry at our associations at the moment. Now, this is locally here in Northern Ireland and locally in the UK in general. RSPBA headquarters and locally here in Northern Ireland. For those of you who have been following this news story, our competition schedule, our calendar, as it sits at present... It isn't settled. It isn't in concrete. Now, we have mentioned this before. There are a number of district councils out there in the UK who have all sorts of money problems and may not have the funding to run an actual pipe band event. One such big one that has really hit the headlines is Dumbarton. Now, this is massive news. It still is the case. We haven't heard any outcome from whether Dumbartonshire Council will be able to host the major championship in Dumbarton. So, very worrying times. As far as anything I'm concerned, is that our majors should be set in stone, apart from Dumbarton. That's a bit of a question mark. But of course, the Worlds is going to be the Worlds. It'll happen, of course. Then we know it's going to happen in Inverness. and da, da, da. We know all that's going to happen. Our majors are set in stone. It's the minors that aren't set in stone. And are all up for debate and movement. As far as Northern Ireland competitions are concerned, we have two competitions that are set in stone so far, and that's Newton Ards at the start of the season, and we have the All Ireland Championships in Ballymena. Now, looking at the listener mail this week, we received quite a number of emails from very angry people uh, who are in the process of trying to book travel arrangements and such book hotels, and in some cases book international flights, even transatlantic flights. And they can't yet, because of the way the organisations of everything seems to be running. Now, I have to put this out there at the very beginning. Before we even start looking at this topic and how competitions are organised here in the UK, I want to see, once the dates get finalised, I want to see how that happens. Then we can report the whole process from start to finish. At the minute, we're in the middle of it. We shouldn't be in the middle of it. We should actually be at the end of it by now. This is nearly February, so why don't we have a full competition calendar? That's a pretty valid question. A lot of very angry people out there at our associations at the moment saying they couldn't organise a drinking session in a a brewery. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I don't know. I wouldn't ordinarily point the finger at the associations It's difficult not to, to be honest, but yeah, on this occasion I would actually point the fingers at the respective district councils. Especially when it comes to one of the competitions that everybody seems to be asking questions about, and that's Portrush. Here in Northern Ireland, a lot of you guys living internationally actually wanted to come to Portrush this year and catch the pipe band competition. Which is great, by the way, I think it's amazing. Great to see you coming over. But yeah, when do you come over is the question. These dates have not been set in stone, and Causeway Coast and Glens Council are yet to pass comment. Actually, managed to contact the council myself and ask them about the arrangements for the Northwest Championships there in Port Rush. And yeah, all they could tell me is that it's to be discussed at a ne- at another council meeting, and that's it. They wouldn't tell me anything else. And in fact, if anything, they did tell me that most of their focus is on the golf, this big golf event. And I've said this before in the podcast, so. They weren't telling me anything new. Very worrying times. So I have to say, in answer to all of your listener mail that's come in through this past week, yeah, I understand your anger. I understand the frustration. It's got very little to do with our associations, unfortunately. They are kind of hamstrung by what the district council can do or will allow. So it's a very complicated process. We will talk more about it on a future show. Just what do our associations do for us? Uh, You'll actually find it's quite a lot. And in some cases, maybe not enough. 
So we'll talk about that on a future podcast. If that is something that you would like us to talk about, email us in. BigRabShow at gmail.com. There you go. Speaking about our associations, the RSPBA Northern Ireland branch put out a request not too long ago. Now, this is kind of unusual. They're looking for volunteers to help the Ulster solos run smoothly. Now, this was unprecedented. The reason why it's unprecedented, because the Ulster solos is always a huge event here in Northern Ireland for the solo competing calendar. And this is really unusual. Why would they be looking for volunteers to help run the thing? Reading the advertisement, they're saying you would assist the stewards by getting competitors from their practice rooms and bringing them to the final tuning, and the solos will take place in Listen to Garvey High School on the 20th of April. We already know the date. Um, so, yeah, any volunteer or band members that are interested, they have to contact the RSPBA Northern Ireland Branch Secretary. So, yeah, things must be tight on the ground as regards to volunteers and people actually running things. And that's one of the things that I would suggest that our associations are great at they're all volunteers i think our own rspba northern Ireland. we have like i think i have a few staff on there that are actually full-time paid um but most of our association people are organizers our stewards and all of that they're all volunteers same way we are as bands men and women we go on and compete for the crack but nobody pays us at the end of it um so yeah a volunteer-led organization Leading a crowd of volunteers who are trying to compete and have competitions and stuff. This is all for a future podcast when we start talking about associations. But I just thought that was interesting. That our own RSPBA in Northern Ireland are looking for volunteers to help with the Ulsters. So there you go. If you do think that you can help on the 20th of April at the Ulster Solos, then definitely get in contact with them. They would love to hear from you. Now, this is, well, yeah, the 31st of January. The RSPBA Northern Ireland branch put out a big announcement saying that on Thursday evening, the 31st of January, Parliament buildings in Stormont will reverberate with the sound of bagpipes. Uh, Yeah, so that kind of piqued my interest and said, oh, what are they doing up in Stormont? Well, they're hosting what they're calling an Evening of Champions. This is to celebrate uh, Northern Ireland bands and their recent success. It's all going to be hosted by Robin Swan, MLA. So, of course, they're going to host Field Marshal Montgomery, McNeilstown, Grantia. They're also going to have some soloists in there. And, of course, some the world champion drum major, Emma Barr, juvenile champion, Sam Hanna, and, and others. Yeah, this gives a whole list of everyone who's been successful in the Northern Ireland uh, scene in general. They're all going to have like this big night of champions, as they're saying. Now, looking at the statements that was put out, the RSPBA Northern Ireland branch president, Winston Pinkerton said the RSPBA and Northern Ireland Branch are extremely proud to host this event in honour in honor of our 2018 champion bands, drum majors and soloists. Now isn't that great? And also uh, Chairman Ray Hall came out with a similar kind of sentiment that it was great to be able to celebrate bands. Now I was chatting to a mate of mine there recently and we remember whenever we had won various different major championships throughout the season, our band was invited up to Belfast City Hall. And we were actually given the honour of parading through the centre of Belfast Town with all of our trophies and all of our achievements and everything. And it was great to have just the general public join in and see some championship winning pipe bands parading up the main street of Belfast. I was very fortunate and managed to do that quite a few times. And yeah, as your band has all these great achievements, then to have these civic receptions and different things like this for recognition... It's fantastic. We did report about it earlier, um, you know, after the World Championships closed its doors, that various different towns and councils and all of that, they all ran their own kind of recognition of their own band. And it was brilliant. So to see this, that all these bands in Northern Ireland are being called to Parliament buildings and Stormont, that's great to see. And it's fantastic. But. There's a massive But. <laughs> Clip that chant around. There is a but with this. <laughs> RSPBA Northern Ireland said that this huge reception for all of these bands and everything, the Evening of Champions, as they're calling it, it's not a public event. It's a private affair. So it's only really the bands themselves and RSPBA dignitaries, if you like. So 
that's stuck in the throat of a lot of people. Plus, we didn't get to hear about this event until about two days before it actually is due to happen. Now, the bands themselves knew about it, of course, but again, they've been told no supporters are allowed, no wives, none of that sort of stuff. It's just the band members only, and that's it. So, it does stick in the throat of a lot of people saying, well, if you wanted to do like a big reception and a big well done to all of these bands, wouldn't it have been nice to invite the general public along to let them enjoy the music? Well, in this case, all of our dignitaries will be there in Parliament buildings in Stormont, and I'm sure enjoying a bit of a slap-up feed and a great night of music uh, where the public are not allowed. Hmm. So, there you go. That's another topic in itself, isn't it? Anyway, we keep going back to that, don't we? <laughs> Our associations. Grads. I have to give a shout-out to Klaus Kelt now. We have, yeah, we've mentioned this on the show quite a few times now. Klaus Kelt, of course, are going to be celebrating their big gala dinner this weekend, whenever I'm recording this. I think it's their 80th anniversary big gala dinner. Uh, tickets are still available, from what I have understand. Uh, you can contact them, the Klaus Kelt Pipe Band, on their social media and grab your tickets for this. All proceeds go to the Air Ambulance Service. A very worthy cause. So, shout out to Klaus Kelt. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I think I had planned to go to this, but unfortunately, I'm otherwise engaged. I'm kind of stuck. I can't go to this. So, shout out to you guys at Klaus Kelt. Hope you enjoy your gala dinner. And, uh, yeah, here's to 80 more years. Congratulations. On to other news. I did mention about the big charity fundraiser for Gary Smith. People have been getting in contact with ourselves and the Rab Show to try and get tickets for this. If that's the case and you do want to get tickets... Please do get in contact with us. This event is huge. We don't want people to be disappointed and to miss out. So, yeah, get in contact with us and we will hook you up with tickets. We've also been asked by you guys listening internationally, uh, will we be live streaming from this event? Very quick answer. Yes, we will be live streaming from this event. But we'll only be doing little small clips here and there. Now, as before, we cover shows before and all of that. But we never film the full thing. We always just kind of do little clips here and there. So that would be the extent of our live streaming. So if you are planning on sitting at home and enjoying the full show on your sofa with a cup of tea, I'm afraid that will not be the case. Best way to go and see it is actually grab yourself a ticket and go and experience it for yourself. So for you guys living internationally, yes, we'll give you a flavour of what's happening there. Plus you'll have the podcast afterwards as well. So we do have you covered. Uh, but, yeah, best way to see it is actually go and be there in person. There you go. All right, let's fly on. Another little bit of piping news. And let's talk about the biggest news story that possibly dropped this past week. <sighs> Grampy and police. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, Grampy and police made the announcement there. Uh, well, they didn't make the announcement themselves. But PipesDrums.com actually dropped the story saying that Grampian Police have closed its doors. Now, whenever you read the Pipes Drums uh, article on their website, they kind of put it down to their pipe major, Pam White, jumping ship from Grampian and making the move to Buck and Peterson. Now, Buck and Peterson are massive rivals of Grampian, so this was huge news. And, yeah, I think that's what the whole story was pegged on. They said that Grampian Police had to close its doors and fold because the pipe major jumped ship to a major rival. You know, kind of sensationalist, if you want. Now, we have had it on good authority by a good number of members of Grampian Police Pipe Band that that was simply not the case. The reporting by PipesDrums.com in this instance would be incorrect. Grampian Police had been suffering in the numbers for quite a number of years. We've known that ourselves in the past. We've seen it. Grampian Police have even at times struggled to get a band out for various different competitions throughout this past season even. So they were struggling in the numbers game. Through the winter months this past year, they were finding it even more difficult to try and get people even through the doors for a band practice. Eventually, they had to make a call. Are we going to actually get out this season or are we not? And then the call was made, simply a numbers game. There's not enough people here. We can't field a band. Then, after that, members of Grampian Police said, well, we don't really want to spend a season doing nothing. So they went elsewhere and started looking for bands so they had somewhere to play. And that included their pipe major. Now, looking at it, whenever you see that, whenever the pipe major is leaving and goes to a major rival, of course, pipesdrums.com, 
jumps on it and says, whoa, that's the big major scoop of a story. Now, Grampian Police, they were, yeah, pretty amazing band, to be fair. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say that. I was a bit of a fan. So I'm really sorry to see them go. But in the Pipes Drums article, they did kind of mention that there was a recent increase in Grade 2 bands that could have resulted in this. Especially locally where Grampian are, up around the Aberdeenshire area. It was very handy for members just to kind of jump ship and move sideways and go to Buck and Peterson. Who've had like an up-down relationship with kind of, with Grade 1 and Grade 2. But one of the bands that they mentioned was Highland Granite. Highland Granite are a brand new Grade 2 band that I really know nothing about. We asked you guys there last night on Fuse FM and Balamoney if you guys knew much about Highland Granite. And... Again, not many people knew much about them. I think I've seen some various photographs and stuff from Highland Granite. Uh, I know what their uniform's going to look like and their drums and everything, but I have yet to hear a single note from this band. So, obviously, we do expect to see some Grampian Police players going to be making the jump to Highland Granite Pipe Band, who are this new established band. Uh, It's going to be very interesting to see how Buck and Peterson compete this incoming year with, obviously, their new membership, but also this brand new Grade 2 band is going to be in there, Highland Granite. Going to be very interesting. So if anybody out there knows anything about the Highland Granite Pipe Band, or even if you're a member of Highland Granite Pipe Band, get in contact with us. We would really love to hear from you, and just to hear more about the band, because at the minute, information is pretty slim. <laughs> we, we know very little about Highland Granite, to be honest, so Please do get in contact with us. All right. The Scottish Trad Young Traditional Musician of the Year Awards was held this past weekend at the Celtic Connections Festival. We've been talking all about Celtic Connections for this past few weeks and it's still going strong. And one of the biggest events is the BBC Young Traditional Musician of the Year Award. Now, we know that Ross Miller from Inverarian District was in there representing us piping fans. Go on, Ross. Ross was in there and... uh, did not disappoint the whole thing was broadcast on BBC Scotland and was well worth a watch Ross just played a storm and yeah he definitely would have got my vote Ross if I was in that judging panel mate yeah I would have handed you the trophy right there but unfortunately Ross Miller did not lift the title of young traditional musician uh, of the year. The winner went to Benedict Morris, who was a fiddle player. And to be fair, I don't know if you guys are into your traditional music much. I am in a kind of huge way. I really love my trad music. And yeah, Benedict Morris. (laughs) My God, I would love to see what that guy could do with a set of pipes. If that's what he could do with a fiddle, good God. So, yeah, congratulations to Benedict. Uh, Well-deserved winner of the Young Trad Musician of the Year. Uh, But shout-out to Ross Miller, who really did play a storm. Ross, well done, mate. And, yeah, I want to pass on my congratulations to everyone at the Young Traditional Musician of the Year Awards. It was simply an outstanding night. You think you can go and get it on the BBC iPlayer. It's definitely worth watching. Um, Even if you're not a fan of trad music and you just want to skip forward to whenever Ross is on stage, it's definitely one for us piping fans to enjoy. Ross did not disappoint. Well done, Ross. Anyway, good luck this incoming season with Inverary, by the way. Okay, let's fly on. Uh, Yeah, this is one news story that I really... (sighs) I found this hard to report, to be honest. Uh, us here on the Rab Show, we have lost a very dear friend. And whenever I was talking about this on Fuse FM Balamoney last night, it was difficult. I've done this before where I've had to talk about people in the piping world passing away. And it's never easy. <laughs> it just simply isn't. It's never easy. Uh, and in this case... Particularly so. John was a a personal friend of mine. John Kelly was a photographer and a reporter, a freelance reporter. And yeah, he was kind of famous in the pipe band world here in Northern Ireland, particularly for photographing bands, competitions and basic piping events all over the country and had been involved in the piping scene for years. Now, in recent years, of course, ourselves in the Rab Show, we were sticking our nose in there and, yeah, doing our live streaming that we have done for this last couple of years. Now, John, of course, then got to know us very well and we got to work alongside John and covering all of the piping and drumming events here in the UK. So, John, 
kind of had a bit of a health scare not too long ago. It was about a week or so ago, a couple of weeks, I think. And he was in hospital, had a bit of a heart scare. Now, at that point, everyone was going, oh, no. So, yeah, we all contacted John's family and everything, and, yeah, he was fine. He ended up, he came out of hospital, and everything was great. He actually attended a big Burns Night event that we had in Belfast uh, City. Yeah, you know, with the music service for pipes and drums, all the wee kids and that. And, yeah, John was there snapping photographs with dignitaries and everything. Normal service had been resumed. So we all assumed that all was well. Then suddenly, the news dropped. It was announced that John had passed away. And I'll be honest, guys, it really took the wind out of my sails. John was a real good, close friend of mine. And to all of us here on the Rab Show team, we all knew him very well. And all of our live streamers knew John very well uh, because John would have helped us out quite a bit in the past. And it's just heartbreaking that he's gone. Um, <clears throat> I think I can speak on behalf of most of the piping world here in Northern Ireland when I say that John will be sorely missed. He was a very well-known character and had a real passion and love for the music. Uh, yeah, he will be a real sad miss. I think. Anyway, I figured on this week's podcast, I did want to pay tribute to John, and I do want to play some music. Now, I have permission from the composer and the performer, Mr. Kyle Rothschild. This comes from his yeah, his new book, Chins uh, from the Flight Deck. This is The Piper's Requiem. So, Mr. John Kelly, this is for you. Thank you. 
that was for John Kelly. Uh, so I have to say again, thank you to Kyle Rothschild for that amazing piece of music. Um, he composed that in memory of everyone who had passed away from the piping world, friends and family. And it's called The Piper's Requiem. Uh, an amazing piece, to be honest, and really fitting. Uh, regard you know, what we're talking about right now, we're talking about John Kelly. It is personally heartbreaking that John is gone. I found this week's radio show on Fuse particularly hard to do. Um, and this week's podcast is no different, I'll be brutally honest. Um, I didn't really want to hit the record button this week. <laughs> <clears throat> but had to, you know, show must go on. Because one of my favourite stories uh, from John Kelly, uh, oh, why not? I'll spend a bit of time, tell a bit of a story about John. Uh, we were at a competition, I think it was Banger, first one of the season, and John came over to us, and I was standing there along with Andrew Shilliday, and we were both talking about, you know, where is the best place to stand to get a live stream for the results. So Andrew had marched on, and everything was kind of going as planned. And uh, Andrew had the camera and everything. And next thing, I heard John shouting at me from across the park. Now, I wasn't responsible for the live stream. And that day, it was Andrew Shilliday who was looking after it. So Andrew had already set up shop. He already got his position to live stream the results. And I heard John shouting from across the park. Go on in there, Rob. Where are you going? Go on, get out of now, he was yelling and goldering over the top of the crowd. And uh, as I can't even, it was, I think it was Klaus Kelt was playing the six eights for the bands marching in, and all you could hear was John yelling at me. <laughs> Go on in there, Rob. Go on in there. Uh, so, this was kind of a running joke this past season. Every time we seen John Kelly, John would kind of shout over, Go on in there. Go on in there. Shove yourself in front of them. Go on. Shove yourself in there. So John was never backward whenever it came to getting the perfect picture. That's one thing he was kind of famous for. John would have pushed women, children all out of the road so he would have got that perfect picture. So it would have, you know, John obviously worked for the local press, so it would have hit the newspapers, it would have hit all of the, you know, publications online and stuff. And plus he was kind of known as Pretty dang good photographer as well, you know. So most of his photographs turned out perfect. And he knew how to get them. And by gum he was going to. You know, he shoved people out of the road sometimes to get them. And he kept telling me. He says, don't let anything stand in your way of capturing that moment, he says. He says, once they lift that trophy or once they hit that ring, you're never going to capture that moment again. And he's right. And that's one thing that I've kind of learned here on the Rab Show is that we were kind of very standoffish and very timid whenever it came to covering events. And then this past season, we learned our lesson and we were actually taking John's advice and shoving our way in through the crowd with our camera in hand to bring you guys living internationally and around the world, possibly some of the best angles and positions possible so you could get the full picture. So with that in mind... I can still hear John shouting at me today. <laughs> Go on in there, Rob. Go on in there, son. Go on. Deadly. <laughs> so that's one very fond memory of John. Another one uh, would be the Belfast Tattoo. You guys here in the podcast would know that we have covered the Belfast Tattoo now for a number of years. Uh, we've been working alongside with the Tattoo guys uh, for this long time now. We've been hanging out backstage, and John was always part of the furniture back there. John always had the camera in hand, snapping all the backstage photographs and all that sort of stuff. It was great. Plus, he had all the photographs in, the official ones that made it into the program and into the Telegraph and all these various different newspapers. John was the guy to do all the uh, photography. So I was standing there on the Saturday night, I think it was a few years ago now, at the Belfast Tattoo. And he says to me, he says, hey, Rob, did you hear what they're finishing with this year? And I said, no, because this is this is my first night at it. And he says, they're finishing with Highland Cathedral, mate. And I, Highland Cathedral? And the pair of us kind of looked at each other as if to say, mm, that's questionable. Because you guys know Highland Cathedral is one of those tunes you either love it or you loathe it. And I used to love it. I think most piping fans used to really love Highland Cathedral. There are those out there who still do. But once you've played it or once you've heard it for like the 300th time, enough already. You know, not Highland Cathedral again. So, yeah, we didn't know what to expect at the Belfast Tattoo whenever they decided, here we go, Highland Cathedral. 
Well, my lasting memory is standing up in the bleachers, up in the nosebleeds uh, with John. Uh, him, he had a camera with him. I had my camera there and we were trying to film things and he was snapping photos. And both of us just stopped at the same time. It was weird. It's just, you know, busy filming, busy taking photographs and everything, trying to get the best position. And then both of us just kind of stopped. We kind of just stood there and listened to the music. And as I looked around and they finished and the crowd let a roar out of them, I looked at John and John actually had tears rolling down his cheeks. He was like, that was the most amazing version of Highland Cathedral he'd ever heard. And he was so moved. He was emotional about the whole thing, you know, and that will always stick with me. You know, for a guy who I don't think he ever did play. I'm not sure if he was a piper or a drummer, but he had a real passion for the music, you know, and its people. You know, I think he knew everybody in the piping world. So even if I had met John outside of a piping event, he would have crossed the street to speak to me about bands and stuff, you know. Um, So... Yeah, that's one thing that will always stick with me. Uh, Whenever that finale at the Belfast Tattoo happened, it brought John to tears. It was amazing. It was a bit of a moment, you know? Anyway, guys, I'm sorry. That's been five, six minutes of me rambling about a friend of mine. Um, I'm sure a good lot of you living internationally probably know nothing about. You probably don't know who John Kelly is. Uh, but a lot of you living locally here in Northern Ireland will know. And John will be very sorely missed by all friends and family and by all of us in his pipe and family. Uh, yeah, and ourselves here in the Rab Show team, especially, we will miss John Kelly. So with that in mind, though, the show must go on, as they say. Now, I did say this podcast would be a difficult one, <laughs> but... <sighs> Yeah, straighten myself up. All right, let's go. (laughs) I think, do you know what? I'm going to take a break. Yeah, there are other news stories and things that I could possibly get crammed into the news section of the podcast, but I'll leave it for another week. I think it's time I go and get myself a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. The Horace Kilt Company, 150 Sandy Row, Belfast offering high-quality garments with unique styles, enough to cover any wedding, formal event, or even pipe band competition. They can offer a full range of kilt and jacket combinations, all completed with Highland accessories, all available for sale or for hire. If you're looking for a Highland-inspired outfit of the highest quality, then look no further than Harris Kilts. HarrisKilts.com 150 Sandy Row, Belfast. Check them out. LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years Featuring R.G. Hardy's full range of bagpipes including Henderson's And Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets And bespoke Highland wear including sparns and cap badges LoneStarPiper.com Offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes If your drum corps needs a new look Then they can help you with a full custom design from Adanti Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. Lone Star Piper is also the North American distributor for Beat Street Drumming Goods from Northern Ireland. Have you any questions about any of the major brands they carry? Then you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com. Check them out. Are you on the lookout for a set of vintage pipes? Then look at Source Bagpipes. Bagpipes ranging from McDougall, Glenn, Stark, McKinnon, McPhee, Henderson, Laurie and Sinclair and many, many more. In addition, brand new set of pipes by Booth and Pettigrew. They have a no quibble return policy with 25% deposit securing any set of bagpipes. Also offering a full payment plan to be able to pay for your set of pipes over 12 months. Source Bagpipes now have a range of vintage pipe chanters and vintage practice chanters in stock and are all up on their website, sourcebagpipes.co.uk. Contact Ross for more information. Hello, this is Scott Wood and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Ah, yes, indeed. Topic of the week time. and oh, Jeepers, that cup of tea was welcome. I'll tell you that. It's freezing out here. 
<laughs> it's really, really cold here in Northern Ireland. So I was more than glad to get a nice cup of tea and warm myself up. Anyway, this week's topic of the week. You've clicked on this week's podcast for a reason, and that is travel arrangements. Yes, it's that time of year again, around January, February time, that most people in the piping world book their travel arrangements. Now, a lot of people have been talking to me recently about how they're doing the competitions this year. Namely, most of the majors in Scotland. Now, for us here in Northern Ireland, that involves a lot of travel. And I'm sure for you guys living internationally, travel is nothing new. You guys have been travelling here to the UK to compete here for a long time. So, I may be preaching to the choir here, but hear me out. Because there's been a few things recently that I have noticed that are kind of shocking. They're not new by any means, but they're still not cool. Uh, When looking at it, I was recently trying to look at hotels, flights, all that sort of stuff. Just here from Northern Ireland over to sunny Glasgow. And pricing at everything and looking at it, I noticed that World's Week itself, the prices jump by over 80%. Now, that is absolutely mad. Whenever you consider you're booking an EasyJet flight from Belfast to Glasgow, it shouldn't ordinarily cost you about 30 quid. 30, 40 quid. But yet, come World's Week, they throw a hundred odd pound on there. Yep, 130, 140 in some particular flights. And some of them book out so fast, I think that some of them from flying from Belfast are gone already. Now, that's all through the week. That's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Even if you want to fly out on Saturday morning, you're still paying through the nose because it's World's Week. It seems to be <laughs> if you're trying to get into Glasgow City for the Worlds, expect to pay through the nose. Especially if you're going to be trying to stay in Glasgow City Centre as well. If you're trying to get a hotel at the moment in Glasgow, forget about it. I know this is January or February, even the first couple of months of the year. And even at this moment in time, most of the hotels are already booked out for World's Week and the Pipe and Live Festival. And the ones who aren't booked out are extremely expensive. Even for staying in like a hostel or like a travel lodge or like a motel kind of thing. You're talking stupid money just to stay for a few nights. Now, I completely understand the motivation behind people working in the tourism industry in Glasgow. They are capitalising on this huge event. They're trying to make hay when the sun shines. All these piping fans are coming from all over the world and will pay anything to be in the middle of the magic, as they say. So, is it right? Mm, I don't know. I think, to be honest, as a piping fan, you can feel a little bit taken advantage of. Yeah, th- these people know that if you're competing with a band, you have to be in the city to compete with your band. So... Yeah, you're going to need accommodation. You're going to need to be able to get transport around the city and stuff. I've even had it suggested by some of the listeners of The Rab Show that taxi prices and bus fares around Glasgow City Centre during the Pipe and Live Festival week actually increase for that week. Just that one week alone, taxi fares go up, apparently, as much as 50%. Which is rough. (laughs) It's really rough. So taxi drivers make a killing... uh, And yet the bus guys, obviously, they bump their fares as well. And hotels all bump up their game as well. And I've also been told that some of the local bars in Glasgow also do the same. They bump up their prices because they know that us piping lot, we're a thirsty bunch. So, yeah, do you think this is right or wrong? (sighs) To me, it's a city that's capitalizing on its huge event. This World Pipe Band Championships has been running now in Glasgow for this last I don't know how many years. And throughout all of that time, it has been widely reported how much money this event pumps into the local economy. Now, is it right, though, that the local economy see this event as an opportunity to make money? Yes, that's the burning question. So, is it right that hotels charge almost three times the normal room price whenever booking a room for the World's Week? Or, I don't know, should they reduce it down to normal and then get booked out? I don't know, I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. I was looking at flights and hotels to get straight into Glasgow City Centre and to get like a city centre hotel or somewhere close to Glasgow Green. And you may forget about it. It's just not going to happen. Unless you have a lottery win or something stupid like that, you're just not going to get it done. So, 
with that in mind, I am opening the doors to you guys of the podcast listeners. How do you travel to the world? Now, I have seen so many different versions of way people do this, and a lot of them are really interesting. So I wanted to suggest them to you guys out there who may be looking at travel arrangements yourselves. Now, a lot of people have suggested ignore Glasgow. Don't go anywhere near Glasgow City. Actually fly into Edinburgh and stay there and then commute backwards and forwards. Apparently a bus ticket from Edinburgh into Glasgow isn't really that expensive. And the hotels in Edinburgh can actually work out much, much cheaper, especially when you're looking at Pipe and Live Week. So if you're thinking of staying in Glasgow City Centre and it's working out too expensive, then broaden your horizons. Look at other places around Glasgow City and then possibly commute in. Apparently public transport, I'm not aware about this right, I haven't actually priced this up, but public transport from surrounding areas in Glasgow can bring you into Glasgow City Centre for next to nothing. And so they're pretty cheap. So you can get transport into the actual city itself for under a fiver. And yeah, travel itself to Edinburgh or any other Scotland airport can be work out quite a lot cheaper. So that's one thing to consider. Also, what I know that a lot of bands actually do, they use Airbnb. And this was suggested to me, Rob, check Airbnb, you know, you get some good prices on there. And to be fair, yeah, you can hire out an apartment and cram it full of people. You can get like a two or three bedroom apartment for what you would get for the hotel for the week. The joy about that is, though, is that you can cram loads of people in and split the price. So say there's like six or seven of you staying in one apartment. Sure, someone's going to have to sleep in the bath and someone's had to sleep on the sofa. (laughs) But... Splitting the price of the accommodation will certainly make it a lot cheaper for everyone all around. So that's your flights. Don't fly to Glasgow is the number one advice I've been receiving. Don't fly to Glasgow because they bump up the price of something stupid. Also, try Airbnb. If you want to stay in Glasgow and you have to be in there for that magic, then try Airbnb. Also, there is student accommodation available as well, as well as various hostels and things around the city. You can still travel to Glasgow on a budget. So I know a lot of pipe bands out there, I think actually Simon Fraser are one of them, who book out student halls and everything there. So student accommodation is available, and yeah, bands book them up pretty damn sharpish, and because of a very good reason, they're cheap. So it's great, you have a bed, you have all of your amenities around you, and you have a base of operations in as well, in the middle of the magic, as they say. So also, please consider, if you're coming from Northern Ireland, please consider using the ferry. Now we are aware that... Ferries can be expensive, so you may need to take the red eye, as they say. I've looked at this myself and the possibility of doing the world on the day trip. Yes, doing the whole 24-hour thing. So leaving Northern Ireland at about 3 a.m. in the morning, you could technically, if you take the ferry, you could be in Glasgow for about 10 or 11 a.m. Then you have roughly about four or five hours on Glasgow Green before you have to race back again to catch your ferry home. So is it worth it (laughs) for four or five hours standing there in Glasgow Green? I would argue, yeah. (laughs) Four or five hours to be in the middle of that? Oh, my word. Be incredible. But you would be 24 hours on the ground traveling. So, mm, difficult. But, yeah, I would ask you, just go and check out the ferries. Sometimes going as a foot passenger or even sail on rail is one another thing as well. You know, sail over and then you can catch a train from the, the dock or everything. And then, yeah, get the train up to Glasgow. A lot of people doing that this year. And also for further afield for other competitions, not just the world's, a lot of people are doing a lot of the competitions in Scotland this year on the day trip, as we call it. Yeah, the 24-hour thing. So you sail over, you drive all the way up. By the time you get there, the competition starts at 9, and you've already been traveling for like 8 or 9 hours. You do the competition, and then you drive all the way home, catch the ferry home, maybe sleep on the ferry home, and then drive again from your port all the way to your home. So... Yeah, in some cases can be over 24 hours worth of traveling and competing and all of that. So anyone who's doing that, by the way, I take my hat off to you. Well done. (laughs) You deserve a medal. But yeah, I do know some people who are doing that. And I wish you good luck with that. I've done it myself in the past. Now, I'm not going to lie. I have done it. And it really isn't easy. Uh, So that's one thing that perhaps... 
the guys in Scotland don't appreciate. We have one major championship here in Northern Ireland, and that's the UK Championship. It's going to be happening in Lurgan this year. And we've heard so far a lot of complaints coming from Scottish bands about having to travel to Northern Ireland. Now, this kind of gets the backs up of everybody in the Northern Ireland bands because we have to tell them that how many times a year do we have to travel over to you guys? And then that's not even talk about our Australian guys and our Americans and Canadians and everybody else that has to fly thousands of miles just to get to one competition in Scotland. So if you guys in Scotland are going to start complaining about travelling, <clears throat> perhaps think about your audience whenever you're complaining. <laughs> oh, controversial. But yeah, we understand travelling as part of a pipe band is never easy. It's always an expensive game. So the cheapest way for you to get it done, the better. So, yeah, perhaps doing it on the red eye and doing the 24-hour thing will work out a lot cheaper for people, especially the ferry rates, because you're sailing the Irish Sea at like 2 in the morning, but nobody else would normally be using the ferry service, so they're quite glad of the business, so they will give you a very cheap rate. Plus, you get to go in your own car, and you can, yeah, you can motor up and down the road, Without stopping if you don't want to or, you know, you're not dependent on a bus where you're stopping and having to pick up passengers. You can bring as much gear as you want in the back seat. Just cram it full of drums and pipe cases and all of that. So, tons of different options. With that in mind, guys, I want to know your opinion. I have been looking into this now this past number of weeks about trying to get to the World Championships and I'm not having any luck. And I'll, I'm gonna, just, I'm just throwing it out there and being completely honest with you guys. I did want to get to the championships this year, but it's not looking likely because, of, simply because of the price factor. The hotels are scandalous. The flights as well. Now, EasyJet has recently had a sale. You know the budget airline EasyJet. They are one of the main airlines that fly between Glasgow and Belfast. Checked out their recent sale. What bloody sale? There was no sale at all. It was ridiculous. I looked at the price of flights to Glasgow and then just for the crack, just for the crack, I decided to price up flights to Prague and also price up flights to Greece. And do you know what? Flying to the sunshine, some tropical country somewhere like Greece will be absolutely roasting. It's actually cheaper. It's cheaper. Can you... I'm throwing stuff now. It's cheaper to go to the sunshine for a week and an abroad holiday, a holiday way abroad somewhere to sun yourself and sit by the pool and drink cocktails than it is to fly a half-hour flight to Glasgow. That doesn't make any sense at all. So, do you think that us piping fans are paying taking advantage of? <clears throat> I can tell you now. The answer is a flat-out yes. <laughs> but is it right, though? I don't know. I understand businesses need to make money, but should they be making money off us piping fans? Hmm... We're going to be there in the city. We are going to need to eat and drink and shop on some occasions, you know. So we are spending money in Glasgow City anyway. But why do you feel the need to kind of bleed us dry? Why bump your prices up like that? It doesn't bode well. You know what I mean? It's not a great advertisement whenever you're considered your city is supposed to be this great multicultural place and supposed to be drawing people to it. And then whenever they get there, you're trying to rob them blind. Like, what's that all about? I don't know. <laughs> I have always had a really positive experience in Glasgow. It's just in recent years I have noticed the prices of accommodation and travel to Glasgow has certainly increased. I'm sure you guys have experienced the same thing. We've got a number of messages back from people as well trying to make travel arrangements to Glasgow. And they've actually found it's cheaper to travel to Northern Ireland than what it would be to travel to Glasgow. And how does that make sense? So if anything... A lot of people coming over from the States and Canada and Australia, especially in New Zealand as well, they come to Northern Ireland first. And we've noticed this in recent years. We've seen the New Zealand police and everything competing recently there at the Port Rush competition. Other bands like that were coming to Northern Ireland first, ha having a little run at our own competitive season here in Northern Ireland, and then jumping on the ferry across to Glasgow because it's so much cheaper. So... Wherever you guys are out there, and if you do have any plans to travel this year to any of the championships here in the UK, please let me know how you're doing it. First of all, what is the best travel options for all of our major championships? 
Because all of us here in the Rab Show, of course, we're all trying to plan our incoming season. We do want to try and cover every event possible for you guys out there. So we are ourselves in the middle of trying to book travel arrangements for these things. So please get in contact with us. BigRabShow at gmail.com. We'd love to know how you guys are traveling. Plus, also, if you have any tips as well for traveling with an instrument, especially you drummers out there. What's it like trying to squeeze a bass drum onto an airplane? That'll be all sorts of interesting. Yeah. I know we think we've probably covered that before in a previous podcast, but I would like to talk about it again. Yeah, because I'm very aware a lot of people will be traveling with instruments and such. So please do get in contact with us. BigRabShow at gmail.com. I honestly think us piping fans can be taken advantage of when it comes to some of these huge events in the UK, especially the big one, the Worlds in Glasgow and... Yeah, if there's any other way we can do the travel and accommodation thing on a budget, then we want to hear it and we can share it with our listeners. So, as far as myself and my own travel arrangements are concerned, I'm stuck. I really don't know what I'm going to do. I have so much advice, I don't know what path to go down. Do I fly to Edinburgh and then bus it down into Glasgow and try and stay in the city? Or do I just fly to Edinburgh and stay in Edinburgh? Or do I take the ferry and do the whole 24-hour thing? Because that's much cheaper, I can take my own car, I can bring all my recording equipment with me. So many different options, I don't know. I would love to know your guys' opinion, you could message us in. BigRabShow at gmail.com Now, in the next few upcoming weeks, you guys should keep an eye on the BigRabShow.com, our website. We are currently in the process of redesigning all of our merchandise, so... We have a brand new line of Rab Show merch coming your way. All new hoodies, t-shirts, all sorts of goodness that I'm not going to spoil. But trust me, these designs have taken weeks and weeks and weeks to put together. So shout out to A1 Embroidery. Also shout out to G1. And yeah, this new line of Big Rab Show merch, I can't wait. I really can't wait. It's, yeah, outstanding. I already have some of the new merchandise already, and it's been very difficult not to wear it anywhere. So, yeah, I don't want people to see me with it wearing it. It's like, oh, where'd you get that? I want that. I don't want that to happen yet because it's not available yet. So keep an eye on thebigrabshow.com. We will be launching a whole new line of new Big Rab Show merchandise. Also, uh, yeah, <laughs> on to next week's podcast. We do want to hear your opinions on travel and all of that sort of stuff. Plus, we will be talking about associations and the organization of competitions here locally in the UK and internationally as well. If you are involved in that process at all, please get in contact with us. Also, uh, we are still in the process of putting together our other big podcasts, such as bass drumming, tenor drumming, and sexism, and all of that sort of stuff. So if anybody out there can help us with the production of these, uh, upcoming specialist podcasts then please do get in contact with us bigrabshow at gmail.com like I said we are the show for you guys so if you guys don't get involved then we have no show so we do depe- depend on your interaction and we'd love to hear from you so please do send us in your voicemails your emails all of that sort of goodness we would love to hear from you anyway next week we'll see our kids with cancer charity night preview Really looking forward to next week's event. Plus, we have tons of other stuff to bring you on next week's podcast that we didn't get squeezed on this week. Thank you, everyone. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page. If you haven't already, please do click that support button. And for less than a price of a cup of coffee every month, you get your hands on tons of extra content. There will be so much more content going up on our Patreon page over this next few weeks. Yeah, be prepared. Our Patreon page is about to blow up. <laughs> so much good stuff coming to Patreon. So if you do want to be a part of it, then definitely head along to Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Big Rab Show. And click the support button. And yeah, like I say, for the less than a price of a cup of coffee. You know, if you met me in person, would you buy me a beer? Would you, would you buy me a coffee and talk about bands? That's what our Patreon page is. Every penny raised on Patreon really does help support the show as well as all of our merch and everything that's available on our website. It really does mean the world. All right, guys, that's it for another Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Apologies for the long sort of rambling that I had in the center of it. Yeah, <laughs> but I did want to kind of pay tribute to a very close friend who did pass away this past few weeks. Past few weeks, actually. So I'm getting tongue tied again. Uh, yeah, thanks again for tuning in this week, guys. And we'll see you here on the Rab Show podcast next week.
Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much to our sponsors, G1 Reads, played by bands around the world, including our current champion of champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com for all of your Big Rab Show merch and news, views and chat throughout the week. Until next time, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best. <laughs>